Blog Talk Radio. everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside me, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show, and welcome to the 2017 Christmas special with Ted and Cindy. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing well. Merry Christmas. I know we've got a few weeks left, but uh, we're getting into the season spirit already. So Merry Christmas. We are. Merry Christmas to you. We've got a new baby on the way. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's uh, that, that makes how many? Just two grandchildren. This will be number two. Very excited. Wow. Well, Can't congrats. wait for Lincoln to show up. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, when's, the, uh, expect, uh, when's the expecting date? Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Wow. Boy, talk about perfect timing. What a great Christmas yeah, well, present. Yeah, she's huge. There's no way she's waiting okay. that long. She's so big. I don't know how she's walking. Wow. Uh, better wow. her than me. Well, well congrats. <laughs> yeah, congratula- congratulations to the Miller family on, on its new arrival, and uh, uh, definitely keep me updated on that. Um, well, welcome, everybody, and we're glad that you, yeah, we're glad that you could, uh, could join us this morning. This is going to be, of course, our last broadcast of 2017. Uh, we're going to be taking a long extended break uh, as we prepare for next season and we'll be fired up and ready to go on Tuesday, February the 6th, which will be our start date, uh, Cindy, in the new year in 2018. Uh, we're going to obviously observe the holidays coming up here and you're going to be uh, busy welcoming your new grandchild and uh, lots of other goodies uh, are going to be happening in the new year. So we're going to prepare for that and um, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. Uh, but let me remind everybody, of course, uh, we are live on Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Lots of great ways to tune into the show. If you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type in women of golf uh, up in the search key on Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, you can find us there uh, live and cheery and, and ready to go. But for some reason, if you can't join us live, uh, just visit that link and scroll down to the on-demand section, and uh, you can listen to all of the shows, including today's, in their entirety, as, of course, they are all auto-recorded. Maybe you prefer to listen on a different platform if you go to iTunes or Stitcher.com, and, again, type in uh, Women of Golf uh, under the podcast section there. Uh, You'll get us there as well uh, at any time. So all of the shows, of course, as I said, are are all auto-recorded, 
Um, so if you can't join us live, not to worry. There's some great ways that you can listen in. We would love to hear from you, and this is something we really want to push for next year. We would love for you to call into the program during our live broadcasts on Tuesday mornings, uh, again, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. The number to call is, of course, area code 347 347- 945-5855, and that again is 347-945-5855. If you're a little bit shy, but maybe you've got some things to say or you want to uh, make some comments or have some suggestions for the show, uh, you can also reach out to us through our email address. It's in Cindy's email. I'll give it out first. It's cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So if you're somebody that's in the golf profession and maybe you want to come on the show, you can reach out to us uh, either way, that way. Uh, Or if you're a listener of the program and maybe you're interested in some great tips that we've shared or maybe uh, another part of the game that we haven't maybe touched on too much here on the the show, excuse me, on the show, uh, again, you can reach out to us at those emails. And they're real quick here again. It's Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com and Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. as I said, lots of great things are going to be happening in the new year. And, but, Cindy, I want to reflect for a few moments, if we can, uh, on 2017 and even before that, because we've been on now. It's hard to believe we've been on for four years. Can you believe that? Really? Yes. Uh, this today is our 130th episode. Uh, so a nice wow. round number to finish out the season with. And, yes, we are going to be going into – our fifth season next year. That's that's wow. pretty exciting. Yeah, I know it's hard. To, I had it's no hard, idea. It's hard to believe you've been. Ar- yeah, it's hard to believe that you've been around me that long, long and put up with me. But that's the truth. We've known each other now through this show uh, for almost five years, and it just it, it it's exciting on one hand, but it's also sad on another. It just means time's going by so fast, and uh, I mean, sure unfortunately, is. we're getting a little bit old, getting a little bit older, but. We've had some great guests on the show uh, over the years, and I, I wanted for us just to mention a few and, and maybe talk a little bit about a few. And then we're going to um, – I pulled out, and there's going to be a theme here, of course, and you'll understand, folks, uh, as we progress through the show. Um, but a little bit later on, we're going to talk about uh, a f- uh, three of the parts, actually, from Cindy Miller's uh, Own Your Game series that we've shared many times on the program here. Uh, and there's a little bit of a theme uh, in these three parts that we'll talk a little bit about. But let's talk about some of the guests. And I want to start off uh, and, and give uh, props, if you will, to a gentleman who's been on the show a few times over the years. And I'm talking about uh, your beloved husband, uh, Alan Miller, PJ professional, uh, for many, many years and a great asset to the game. And your partner, not only in life, but uh, on the golf course as well. Uh, and Alan, maybe you'd like to share some, some things uh, about Alan that uh, obviously you enjoy uh, about having him not only as your partner, but, uh, but as uh, somebody that I know that you admire his game uh, over the years. You know, I do. He's just so calm, cool, and collected on the outside. I know that that's not always the case on the inside, but I'm so grateful to uh, have been able to spend the last, 36 years married and and we've raised three beautiful children we've got our second grandchild coming any minute um but you know what he's just so wise about the game and and i'm so grateful to that because he's taught me so many lessons that i as you hear about when we talk about the own your game stuff here. I'm just such a competitive control freak and sometimes I don't <clears throat> sit back and smell the roses. 
and Alan reminds <clears throat> me to do that. So I'm grateful for him in more than one way. Yeah. And you know what, what's really been great. <laughs> he just is, said, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Good morning, Alan. I know you're, you're sitting there close by. Um, you know, one of the great things I, I, I loved about having your husband on the show is, you know, he's a wealth of knowledge. Here's a, a gentleman who's had a great uh, career on the PGA Tour over the years and also uh, more recently as, as a uh, teaching uh, professional and coach. Um, but he's, he's had so many great experiences, uh, you know, both on and off the golf course that he then translates into many of your teaching programs that you guys uh, share over the years, your boot camps and many of the other great things. And, you know, there's always some nuggets that we can learn from one another, but particularly when we, when we look to uh, some of our fellow professionals who have had a lot of experience, not only in the teaching side of a thing, but also as players. They understand what it's like to grind it out there in the golf course, good and bad. And, of course, Alan has done that over the years and um, has been able to now translate that, if you will, uh, with many of the students that you guys work with. So um, thank you, Alan. Uh, I know you're listening for sharing that uh, with our audience, and we're going to have you back, of course, again in 2018 to uh, share even more. But uh, I wanted to give him first and and, uh, props, if you will, on the show uh, this morning. Um, Another one, too, that has been on the show and actually was scheduled to come on uh, here towards the end of the season, we unfortunately we had to cancel that, and we're going to have her on the new year sometime. Uh, but she's been on many, many times and been a big supporter of the show, and that's Jane Blaylock, uh, of course, from uh, CEO of the Legends Tour. And Jane has been uh, just phenomenal in, in helping really building that Legends Tour to what it is today and just honoring so many of the great professionals who obviously have, have come up through the ranks and uh, there's just so many names and, uh, you know, that we could go on forever. Um, but touch on a little bit about uh, Jane and just some of the great things that she's done with the Legends Tour. Well, if it wasn't for Jane, I would never have had my little mulligan that I've had for the last almost 20 years now. Um, Jane and a, I guess there were maybe 25, 30 girls that put up $5,000 a piece to start what is now called the Legends Tour, um, and 2000, I think they had their first event, and that went by the career money list. And Jane has fought so hard to defend and fight for our right to still be able to play and compete and give back to the mm-hmm. game. Um, right. So I am so grateful to Jane Blaylock. In more than one way. She also started the LPGA Golf Clinic for Women, which has 25 events throughout the year in cities all over the country where they bring the game of golf to women executives everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. She's just been a trailblazer. You know what? i got to say something. You you made a comment a few minutes ago about Alan and um, all the other people that have been on our show. And there's something that I have noticed lately that really kind of bothers me. When I was younger and really wanted to be good, I sat and watched people who were better than me and wanted to see what they did that I didn't do or what they didn't do that I did 
And I compared right. myself to them, and I humbled myself before them, and I would ask them questions. I would follow them around on the golf course, and I would sit at their feet and learn. And because part of the, part of the reason I think some of these people call me a friend is because I was open and willing to be truthful about where I stood. And, yep. and I'll, as far as Alan Miller, Kathy Whitworth, and Jane Blaylock in my life, Rosie Jones is another one, Jane Crafter, Pat Bradley, Patty Sheehan, all these women who were so much better than me, Nancy Lopez, I would sit and watch them and say, wow, they swing so smooth. What do they do? They're so, they believe in themselves and, and all these things. And I don't see that in kids today. I see yeah. them looking at numbers and only looking in the mirror and almost uh, just not being open with where they really sit on the food chain. And so I think that some of these kids need to be a little more humble and open themselves to someone who's been where they want to go. And I say that as, you know, Alan and I are the only married couple in the world that have played on all four major tours. So sometimes when the kids we teach get a little uppity and think they're a little bit too cool, I remind them that, you know what, where you want to go with this game, we have been. How many Masters have you played and how many U.S. Open? Yeah. How many LPGA championships and how many PGA championships? So, again, I guess that's a little bit of a rant to me. But I just wanted to say, you know, I am so grateful for the relationships that I have with Hall of Famers. And I think part of that reason is because I humbled myself. I knew they were better than me. And I asked them, how did you get where you are? I want to be you when I grow up. And how do I do that? Yeah, the thirst for knowledge. Well said, Cindy. Well said. And I agree 100%. You know, the thirst for knowledge is something that we all should have, and there's no better way to learn. I mean, you can open up any book, you can watch all the videos that you want, but having an opportunity one-on-one with some of the best players and the best coaches and that in the world who have actually um, carved out a successful career, um, both good and bad, um, we can all learn from. And I think it, it does you a disservice by not wanting to, you know, pick their brains as it were uh, when given that opportunity. And one of the great things about this industry, Cindy, that I love is people are very giving. Um, You know, many other sports that you see um, a lot of the the athletes can be, and certainly not all of them, but uh, many of them can be very standoffish. Um, it's very difficult. You know, they don't. It's a hands-off policy. You know, sir, they'll sign a few autographs here and there, but it's very stiff. One thing I can, t- uh, can say about this industry is the golf profession uh, is very open and, and probably one of the great ambassadors of the game who unfortunately is no longer with us, who was exemplified that was, of course, the late Arnold Palmer. Um, you know, he Absolutely. always made a lot. Uh, you know, and I know uh, Nancy Lopez and I know many of the other ladies on there as well give back to their communities and so forth. So, um, this is one of the great things I love about um, this industry in the golf business is that people are not only out there grinding it week in, week out on the tours or out on the golf course helping their students, but they're doing things to give back in their communities as well, uh, as well and, and also willing to expel some of that knowledge that they've learned 
um, to the next generations, and that's extremely important if we want this game to uh, continue on and thrive. Um, so well said. Uh, another one that uh, I want to give uh, our, our props to that we had actually just last week was Susie Whaley, of course, the current vice president of the PGA of America, but uh, soon, uh, in, in the, about this time next year, she'll be the president of the PGA of America, and that's a huge milestone. A lot of people listening might not understand this, but Susie is going to be the first woman ever in the history of the game um, to be the president of the PGA of America, which has obviously been dominantly uh, male. So this is going to be a huge milestone for not only the golf industry, but women's golf as well. And just, you know, after listening to her last week, Cindy, talk about some of the, the great things that she has and visions that she has for the future of the game, I have no doubt that she's going to wear uh, that position with, with honor and distinction. And we're certainly very proud of her uh, to carry that. And we look uh, forward to, of course, having her back on the show again in the future. But um, supporting her in any way that we can. So, Susie Whaley, uh, thank you for all that you do, and we look forward to um, your future. Um, another one I want to mention that you already have brought up her name, but I think we, we need to for two reasons. One, she's just been a huge asset to the game, but she was also our very first guest on the Women of Golf show uh, nearly uh, five years ago, and that was Kathy Whitworth, the Hall of Famer from the LPJ. Obviously, uh, been on the Legends Tour as well, um, with honor and distinction. Um, just you, you mentioned some great things. Talk a little bit about Kathy Whitworth. She is so humble and so caring and so wise. Um, I, again, I'll never forget a little mini lesson she gave me on the driving range at French Lick Resort when she saw me. I'm sure you know how you can tell when someone's a little nervous. And and she said, yeah. Cindy, just be a little more deliberate. And she said it just like that. And I thought, what? Deliberate? Oh, well, that's a good word, right? I mean, I'm like an idiot. Right. And she goes, just take it back a little more deliberate. Which, in other, yep. she could have said slow down, but it wouldn't have made such an impact, right? That's what she meant. Right. But it was just the word deliberate. And I was like, that's like profound. And so she just smiles at me because she knows I'm a wacko. And, and I, I just absolutely <laughs> love the woman. She's a wealth of knowledge and she's so willing to share. And she's so, I think the word is humble. I think the biggest mm. word for the best stars in the world is humble. Cause anybody yes. that gets really good at this game has been beat up. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> Tiger's attitude last week. I, I didn't get to watch any of it, really, but I, I was listening, you know, on the news and stuff like that, and, and what I got out of it was that his attitude was better. Well, yes. his attitude was probably better because he's grateful that he can play. So you got to go through some yucky stuff to become aware of how lucky you are. I didn't feel good the other day, and I said, wow, you don't realize how lucky you are until you don't feel good. Now I'm grateful that I feel right. great, you know? So I think we all have to be a little humbled, and then we can become a little more grateful. Yeah, you're exactly right. And just very quick note, just in, in lieu of what you were just talking about a few moments ago uh, about, um, you know, some of these great players and paying respects, 
Uh, I did watch, certainly not all of it, but I did watch some of the Hero Challenge this past weekend, of course, uh, with the return of Tiger Woods. And, you know, we've seen this happen two or three times over the last several years. And there was just a, a sense, a feeling that it just wasn't the right time. You could just tell by looking at Tiger. This is the first time in probably four or five years that I've seen Tiger Woods play that there was just a calmness, that there was just a sense of, of almost belonging, that he felt like he was belonging out there again. Because, you know, when you get to that level that he has gotten to, if you're not playing what you perceive to be your A game, you just don't feel like you should be out there. It's like much like uh, Jack Nicholas said years ago when he was getting close to retirement. He said, if I don't feel I, I can be out there and give it my best and be competitive, I don't want to play and take a spot. This was the first time that I've seen that look in Tiger's eye that that hunger was coming back. And just to prove your point uh, about um, not only being humble, but also uh, paying respects, many of the players gave their props to Tiger Woods. Many of the young players particularly that are up and coming uh, and maybe have been there a few years, some of them, um, you know, went up to Tiger. Some of them actually wore his traditional. They were joking about it yesterday or um, on Sunday that a couple of the players um, actually wore his traditional black and, of course, the red shirt, which he always wore on Sundays uh, throughout the rounds, just to show their respect to Tiger Woods. So going to your point, um, they acknowledge what he has done for the game and his uh, platform, and we're paying that respect. So um, certainly be humble. Certainly acknowledge and respect those that have come before you. Uh, that have something to share uh, in, in the furtherance of this game. Uh, another one as well, an LPJ Hall of Famer that's been on the show as well is, uh, in addition to Rosie Jones, of course, is Carol Mann. Carol Mann has been on the show. I know you know her quite well. Uh, just done a great job over the years of, uh, in her corners, uh, growing the game, and uh, both as a, as a tour player but also uh, as a teaching professional. Um, two ladies I want to also recognize, um, Cindy that have been on the show on the fitness side of things, Karen Palacios-Jansen and Catherine Roberts. Uh, Karen Palacios-Jansen, of course, is a fitness expert uh, and operates uh, kpjgolf.com and travels all over literally the globe uh, working on the fitness aspects of the game, getting people in shape and golf ready. And also Catherine Roberts, founder of Yoga for Golfers, uh, again, in the fitness component. Both ladies are great, very humble and, um, you know, any, any thoughts that you want to share about the two of them? Yes, and congratulations to both of them for just recently being named to Golf Digest Magazine Top 50 Best Fitness Instructors in Golf. That just came out this week. Mm-hmm. So they're both awesome, and, and we're grateful for them. Yep. Um, both have been guests on the shows and just bring so much uh, and very passionate about the game and, uh, again, very, very humble. Uh, two other ladies that I want to recognize, even though they're not golf professionals, but Karen Hendel and Jean Stafford, who were on the show a couple of years ago, both business leaders and advocates for women's business golf. Uh, Karen Hendel, of course, uh, was recently elected as, I believe, a congresswoman out of uh, Georgia. So she's obviously going to be going on to furthering her political career. But both of them are very successful businesswomen and advocates for uh, women's golf. Um, both on and off the golf course, business golf, and uh, we're great guests. We're going to have them back uh, in the new year as well uh, for some updates, but also to talk a little bit more about uh, how we can help uh, not just grow the game and the teaching side and obviously develop new players, uh, but how particularly a lot of women 
can capitalize and, and use golf uh, as a very successful business tool. So we're going to talk to them as well in the new year about that. Uh, another one, uh, Cindy, you might want to touch on uh, from Body Track. Of course, Terry Hashimoto was on the show as well um, and was a great guest. Any thoughts or, or comments you want to uh, refer to on Terry? Well, Terry is always looking for the next best, greatest thing in technology as far as helping players get better and feedback and measuring feel quantifying feel as they call it um and i've known terry since my days at the university of miami so i'm very grateful for terry and body track and mike peck and and all the guys at body track yeah some great technology and always as you said looking for uh even more advancements to to help uh those folks that want to better their game get the information they need um you know the more information that we can get uh, we can use that um, through our coaching and, and teaching to help the players uh, become better by utilizing some of that technology. So thank you, Terry, as well for, for coming on the show. And the last one I want to just recognize um, we've had on the show here was Jan Beljan, uh, who, of course, is um, not only a great uh, player, but uh, also uh, very heavy into golf course design, which just shows you that women can do anything that men can do with the same uh, veracity, if you will, and the same professionalism. And she's just um, developed and built so many great golf courses and even revamped some golf courses um, over the years as well. So she's become a, a force in the golf course design business, uh, Jan Beljan. Any, any thoughts or comments there, Cindy? Just what a great ambassador to the game. I mean, just, again, a humble, caring, giving person. So, Thank you to Jan yep. for being our guest, and congratulations on all the great things you've accomplished. Yeah, fantastic. And um, we certainly, you know, can't get to everybody, um, but there were so many other great guests. We want to thank of all the great young ladies uh, over the last several years, from the, uh, not only from the uh, Legends Tour and the LPGA, uh, but the Symmetra Tour as well. We've had some great young ladies, uh, up-and-comers, if you will, on the Symmetra Tour that have joined us, and we're going to have more uh, coming up in the new year as well as we follow some of their careers and, and uh, get a, a, a different perspective. We also had uh, a great um, uh, couple from uh, Next Gen Golf and so many other great organizations out there that are doing things to grow the game uh, with the millennials and, and some of the younger uh, generations out there trying the best to, to you know, because, Cindy, not everybody wants to necessarily play on the golf tours and, and maybe doesn't even want to uh, become a golf coach or teach professional, uh, but maybe just wants to play this great game. So we need these other outlets and avenues uh, to introduce the game uh, to them as well. And, and companies like and organizations like Next Gen Golf and, and many of the others out there, some of the junior programs uh, are doing a fantastic job. And we've had the honor and pleasure of having a few of them uh, on the show over the years. So thank you to all of those uh, folks as well. Um, and what I want to mention too as well, uh, Cindy, is, you know, we, we've, we've featured your series, your Own Your Game series, um, a number of times. We had it a few years ago where we went through all 12 parts of it. Uh, we had a light version here recently. We talked about a few things. And as I said earlier in the, in the show, I wanted to mention um, three parts that I pulled out from some of our earlier shows 
that sort of have a common theme, and, and I think everyone will understand, including you, Cindy, when we start talking about it, um, that there is sort of a common parallel. And I want to start off with the Own Your Game Part 3, which is changing your game from the inside out. Um, and, and one of the first questions that we can discuss is, you know, what, what does it take to improve? And a lot of people spend, Cindy, as you know, a lot of time working on their game, hitting shot after shot, trying to improve. And we're certainly not saying that that isn't an important factor as well. But a lot of the things that can help change your game, Cindy, as you know, and we talked about in part three, is changing your game from the inside out, which means what's going on upstairs uh, can greatly affect what, what happens out on the golf course. So let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Um, and we'll, we'll go and continue on the conversation from there. Uh, do you want to start off with any thoughts, or would you like me to go? Well, I think that you have to stop and say to yourself, you know, again, I, I'm up in Buffalo, and it's winter, and it's supposed to snow, and we're lucky enough to have two domes where we can practice and work on our game and develop, you know, in the off season for what we want to accomplish next year. And I think you have to sit and reflect and say, okay, what did I do well and what needs improving? And given my age, my physical ability, my limitations, and my, you know, time that I can invest and money, what, what's really realistic and what's feasible and what do I want to improve? I think you have to stop and ask that question. And then you might need to ask a professional, are my goals realistic? So I would start with reflecting. Are you there? All right. For some reason, I'm not sure what happened, but we experienced a little technical difficulty. My apologies, and I'll wait for Cindy to uh, to join us as well. It looked like she was trying to, but um, anyways, again, my apologies uh, for the interruption, and um, we'll just wait for her to come back in on the show. Um, one of the things, unfortunately, when you're dealing with uh, programs, and here she is now. Let me just bring her back. Hey, Cindy, I'm sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, we had a little glitch in the system, but uh, glad wow. that you're back. Um, yeah, we, we missed uh, a little bit of, of what you were saying. Um, if, if you can recap, that would be great. What I said was I think that before you start to try to improve, you need to reflect on what you do well, what needs improving, what's the investment and time and money, um, given your age, your physical and uh, abilities and limitations, you know, what really can you do to get better? So I think a plan needs to be made first. And I mentioned the fact that because I'm up in the Northeast, you know, it's a great time to work on your game and, you know, make some new goals and what do I want to accomplish next year and what's really feasible and realistic. And you might want to ask a professional just to make sure that what you, you know, would like to accomplish is a reachable goal. Yeah, well said. 
And, and really what we, you want to do is, as Cindy pointed out, you know, you, you want to ask yourself through uh, reflection that you want to, this is a great time of the year for those of you that maybe don't have the opportunity to uh, play uh, or practice indoors, as, as Cindy has suggested, um, uh, or maybe you're not uh, planning on a, 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 a trip down here to the southeastern part of the United States or other areas where we have some warmer climates that you can play all year round. Um, so you, some questions that you might want to ask yourself is, um, as I said earlier, what does it take to improve? And, and first part, you know, you need to know your game, what your tendencies are, um, whether you're hitting it thin, fat, left, right, what are some of your, your tendencies. Uh, you also want to assess uh, your strengths and weaknesses, uh, everything from mental toughness to thought control and uh, the ability to, to focus on the task at hand. And you want to also, lastly, is uh, being able to play without fear, having the ability to stare it in the face and learn to overcome it. Um, it's amazing, Cindy, how many folks um, get out there on the golf course and get faced with a shot that maybe is, is not a, a sort of a, a bread and butter shot and freeze over the ball. They don't know what to do. They don't know um, because they don't have a, a game plan, if you will. They just sort of go out there willy-nilly and wonder why uh, they can't break 100. So changing your game from the inside out is, is extremely important. And using your, your mind and mental preparation is a great way to do that. Um, certainly you want to spend time on the range and on the practice tee and out on the golf course hitting shots, um, but you also have to get the old noggin working as well. And this goes to really nicely into part four of the Own Your Game series, and that's really to talk about the left and right brain, Cindy. So let's talk about that, the differences, and why each of them are important. Well... I would like to go back to the part sure. three for a second. And I think that the sure. number one goal, again, you need to know how to hit the shots, but then you need to know how to play golf. And you need to be able to make a decision. Again, you know, if you're standing over a shot, the first question is how far is it? And then what's my lie look like? What's the wind doing? What's the temperature? You acknowledge stupid and... You know, where would stupid hit the ball? What does that mean? Well, stupid would hit the ball in the bunker. You're going to acknowledge where stupid would hit it, and you're going to play away from that. So what your brain doesn't hear a negative. Your brain only hears a positive. So if you say, don't hit it in the bunker, you idiot, your brain just heard hit it in the bunker. So you've got to play away from the trouble. Then you have to know how far you hit the ball. So there's so many different components that need to be addressed when you're out playing. And, and all, everything I just mentioned is a left brain thought. How far is it? You know, what's the wind doing? Yep. What's the temperature? What's my lie look like? Is it uphill or downhill? Um, all those things are left brain. And then say, let's say it's 105 yards, raw <laughs> yardage. There's a bunker in the front of the green and the pin is not on the, in the middle, the pin is on the back. So that just added another 10. So that 105 to the middle just became 110 to the back. Now it's uphill. Well, it might be playing 115. Now the wind's in your face. It's right. 125. So we just went from 105 to 125. Yep. And you might say, well, how far is it over the green? It's 135. So I can hit a 130-yard shot. If I skink it a little bit, it's going to be right by the hole. So 
Yep. Those are all the things you have to take into consideration when you're making up your mind on how to hit a golf shot. And and then you have to pick the club, and then you have to go into your right brain, pre-shot routine, and that's a see and feel and hear. And, again, I've been doing this with the students lately because the weather's not been so great up here and saying, okay, do you have the right club? Yes. Did you aim correctly? Yes. You're positive, yes. And you just missed the green by 20 yards to the right. What was that? That was a bad swing. Okay. So it wasn't an aim. It wasn't a wrong club. It was a bad swing. Okay, now do you know what you just did with that swing so that we can fix it so once we put all these things together, we miss it better because we all know that he or she who misses it best without getting ticked off wins. Right. Right, exactly. And, and just to recap very quickly, Cindy, um, you know, what you're talking about here in this segment, of, uh, uh, which was part four of the Own Your Game, Left and Right Brain, is the left part of our brains is what uh, does the calculations, what gives us the information. We gather with our left brains uh, all of the information necessary to be able to execute that shot. Once we've formulated and calculated everything that we need to understand, and this is something that's not going to take a lot of time. I mean, you can get out there and Literally, in, in a few moments, you can gather this information. So it's not like you're, you're sitting down and, and doing, writing a thesis. You're just gathering the information necessary to be able to make a, an informed decision. And that's where your left brain comes in. Once you've gathered that information, as Cindy pointed out, now your right brain takes over and needs to now visualize the shot that you've chosen. Uh, you've got the information. You're seeing the shot in your mind. Now you're going to execute the shot, and the right brain takes over. Um, you don't want to keep using the left brain at this point and, and filtering it in and, and adding more information. Well, well, I forgot to add the bunkers in there or I forgot this because now what's going to happen is you've created a, a whole mess or a whole ball of yarn uh, inside the old brain box that's going to unravel and just cause problems. So you want to make sure you understand that. Uh, and we talked about that in, in much more great length in part four of Own Your Game series um, a while back. So. I think, Cindy, we might do that again in the new year is bring some of this back because I, I, we can't emphasize enough how important that is. And you touched on as well, Cindy, about the pre-shot routine. Um, that's an area, Cindy, that we cannot emphasize enough. A lot of, of our club golfers and our amateur golfers have zero pre-shot routine or very little pre-shot routine. Um, and that also adds to the inconsistency. It's not just the ability to hit the shots. It's also part of the preparation in getting yourself mentally prepared to execute those shots. That's also the purpose of the pre-shot routine. And that's something that a lot of people uh, really need to, to focus on. And that's where we can help you as well uh, when you come to take lessons. Um, so the other thing too is uh, exposing the fear a little bit too, uh, just to close out this segment, and that is um, how to handle things when doubt and uncertainty sort of creeps in the mind. Cindy, that's an area that uh, you've experienced yourself uh, playing in some of the competitive uh, golf that you've done over the years. Touch maybe a little bit about that. What did you do um, to help sort of get over some of that fear and uncertainty when you get out in the golf course? Well, Again, those who get really good at golf are very open and willing to look in the mirror and reveal the truth and expose their own elephants. 
because that's the only way you're going to defeat demons. So I have Cynthia as my protector. Cindy is a lot of fun to hang out with. So when I get in a tournament and I have a shot that I might be a little afraid of, and I can I, I call it a clenched butt cheek shot, you know, and, yep. and Cynthia goes, oh, wait, oh, wait, look out, be careful. I, I stop and I say, okay, so is this relevant? Do I need to listen to this? And because that's your subconscious mind protecting you. And if you're not willing to listen, it's going to mess you up. And so you have to be um, open to listening and saying, okay, I understand that the wind's in my face and this is uphill and I'm afraid of this, but I can tell you that I plan to go over here. This is my solution for all those, the trouble or, or the wind or the uphill lie or the tight fairway. You know, I'm going to play this hole easier for me so I'm not afraid so I can swing smoother and my left brain is not interfering with my right brain being able to produce a golf shot. So that's what I do, but I didn't always do that. You know, again, you will notice Ariana Jutanagarn is probably one of the best examples, as is Jordan Spieth, for watching them choke their guts out and lose tournaments, and Rory McIlroy with the U.S. Open, how he blew the Masters, and then he came back and won the U.S. Open. We all must learn to defeat our own demons, and it happens to all of us if you're willing to look in the mirror. Yeah, and and this is something, too, that's a great point. This is something, too, Cindy, that a lot of people need to understand when they come to us for lessons. We're going to give them the tools to help them um, become certainly better players, but there are certain things that you as a player have to be able to do on your own. You, In other words, we're going to give you the knowledge and the skill set um, and the, the little nuggets of gold, if you will, that will help you become a better player. But it's how you put them together and how you work on them. There's a there's part of the formula that involves you as a player that is, is crucial to this. I mean, there's lots of students that we've had come to us over the years that say, okay, I want to, you know, I want to play better and I want to do this better. And we give them the information and show them what they can do to play. But then they don't do anything about it. The clubs sit in the, in the garage for a week or two, and then they go out to the next event that they want to play in and don't understand why nothing has changed. And that's because they haven't gone and worked. Uh, and, and really, it's about gaining experience, whether it's in your job, day-to-day job or whether it's out in the golf, uh, golf course, is you gain and learn from your mistakes and experiences. And if you don't get out there and, and develop some of those um, uh, good habits, if you will, you're never going to improve. I don't care what teaching professional you go to or what methodology you might subscribe to. If you don't get out there and put some of these principles to practice, then you're never going to improve. Uh, And this goes to, uh, again, follows into part six, which is the final part we're going to talk about very briefly here um, from the Own Your Game series, and that's mind management and thought control. And, uh, again, we're not going to talk about all of it, but uh, part one talked about eight champion personality traits um, through uh, golf psych. And one of the interesting ones was sort of cool, narrow focus. And this important trait uh, was an indicator of your ability to separate yourself from people and circumstances during competition and becoming more internally focused. So as an example, Cindy, um, when you're standing over the shot and you're ready to execute that shot, 
you need to have the ability to narrow the focus, forget about what's going on around you, forget about all the, the trouble that might be out there. You've done your assessment, and now it's time to execute a shot, so we need to narrow your focus. Talk a little bit about that, the importance of that, and then we'll talk about once that uh, has been completed. Well, again, people have said to me when, you know, when I play, oh, my gosh, how do you concentrate with all these people watching you? And, and I can remember teeing off in the Women's U.S. Open in Nashville, Tennessee, when I needed to make um, so much money to keep my card, and I was sucking wind and gagging my guts out. And I can remember standing <laughs> over the ball on the first tee, and the fairway was just lined with people. And, it, you know, the thought goes, oh, boy, I hope I don't knock somebody out, right? But then you just back right. away and you recompose yourself and you focus on the process. You have to be able to shift states and turn it on and turn it off so that your right brain knows what you're doing. So, again, it's mind management, thought control, but it all comes from experience. So just like you said in the last portion, you have to go out there and fail your way forward. And and it's funny because yes. we've got some, you know, all these kids that we teach, you know, I say to them, you need to go out and play in some tournaments. You need to be willing to be embarrassed, to be the worst person out there, you know, because you have to learn from your mistakes. And you're either going to fall over and stay there or you're going to get back up, dust yourself off, and start over again. And and we have to see how resilient you are. Are you able to fail and get back up and say, all right, I'm going to learn. I'm gonna, I know what I did there. i got to get better. And I am not giving up. And if that's your mindset, then you will get better. Yeah. And if you look at all of the great players out there, every single one of them um, – on the men's and the ladies' tours, the best players in the world, and I'm talking, you know, within the top ten, I mean, all of them have certain traits, but the ones that really rose to the top uh, and consistently were the ones that, that didn't necessarily play the best golf above everybody else, but they learned through failing over the years. They, they became better players by learning what worked and what didn't work for them. They didn't try to emulate. You know, this is the interesting thing. You know, you hear, for instance, um, and I'll go back to him for a second. You know, over the years, we heard how much Tiger, um, you know, admired Jack and admired Jack's career. But the one thing you never heard him say is, I want to play like Jack. I want to, you know, I want to hit the ball like Jack. Tiger went out and played his game. He just had some goals and a mindset that things that, that he wanted to accomplish out there that maybe he admired in a player like Jack Nicholas, but he didn't try to go out and emulate somebody else's game. He played to his strengths and his weaknesses. Now, there might have been some parallels between the two players, but he didn't try to play Jack's game. He played Tiger's game. And that's really the key as well, Cindy, for all of our players, is you need to go out and play your game, uh, not somebody else's game. And uh, going back to to what we were just talking about, the, the focus part of it, is you need to be aware uh, of focus. Uh, in other words, um, you need to stay aware of your focus during your round and strive to narrow your focus only uh, and to only your mental routine as you prepare to hit your shots and, and or putts. And between those shots, 
you need to open your focus slightly, take your mind off the round. And you brought a, a great point uh, uh, a while back about Annika Sorensen, how she was given some great advice. Uh, I believe it was from um, Pia Nielsen and, and Lynn Marriott uh, about um, in-between shots, about not staying in the moment and staying too focused on the round and opening your mind a little bit and thinking about things other than what you're doing until the next shot uh, became available because otherwise you get too focused and your mind just gets so bogged down by what you have to do uh, and you can't do that for four or four and a half hours and that's something that you have to train yourself to do is that is there's a time to be focused uh, when when there's a task at hand and then there's a time to literally get out and smell the roses in between your shots so you need to be aware of that focus um, and develop your mental routine uh, along the way and you need to, to really be able to um, compose some thought checks, develop a keen awareness of where your thoughts go between those shots, as I just said, and choose a, to replace them with thoughts that will ensure your ability to give uh, yourself mental breaks uh, between the shots because it's very, very difficult to be able to, to compose that way, uh, as I said, for four or four and a half hours. Uh, any final thoughts uh, on, on this area of pain, uh, Cindy? No, but you're absolutely right. You have to be able to know when to turn it on and turn it off. And then you have to trust yep. yourself. That, that's a big deal. Yep, exactly. And, and, and as I said earlier before we started talking a little bit, and, and again, there's not enough time to get into every uh, specific area of this. And, and for those of you, this is a great opportunity as, as we get ready to close out our 2017 season. For those of you that maybe missed some of the earlier segments, Go to the, the link, and I'm going to give that again here in just a moment um, for the folks, Cindy, but um, go back to some of the earlier shows, particularly early on when Cindy and I first came on board and um, through her Own Your Game series, we talked about all 12 uh, areas of it. These are things that you can be listening to and, and learning from in this off-season. For those of you, especially up in the Northeast, that are getting ready for some cooler temperatures, uh, and maybe don't have uh, an opportunity to get out where you are and play or, or even practice as much as you'd like, there's things that you can be doing at home. Listening to the show and learning from some of the great uh, folks that we've had on here, listening to some of the great things that they've talked about, and le- learning from Cindy's Own Your Game series is a great way to spend some of your off-season until the next time you get out on the golf course. So um, visit the uh, link, and I'll give you that in just a second, but um, Cindy, another way that that folks can uh, help uh, work on their game is with your Learn to Hit It kit. So why don't you share that with the folks as well? I created a Learn to Hit It kit for people who need to learn to play golf, basically for business, who really don't have that much time to invest. And for women, you know, a bunch of women said to me, why don't you create something that I can learn to play golf and hit the ball in my own backyard so I don't have to hire a babysitter after work? So there's two ways to do this. One is the Learn to Hit It course, which is $49. It's a 10-module online course. And if you're interested in that, just email me at cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and I'll give you the link just to purchase the course. And then the second way to purchase the Learn to Hit It kit is with the whole kit, which comes with a mat, a portable mat that you can hit balls in the backyard or even your living room, foam practice balls, my Golf 101 book, and a coupon for 10% off any Callaway Golf Club that you choose to purchase, and a 10-module online course. And that, the Learn to Hit a Kid is available for 99 
at learntohitakit.com. So you can either buy just a course for $49, which is basically a half-hour lesson, and you get ten module, a 10-module course, or the whole kit with everything for $99 at learntohitakit.com. Yeah, and let me just say to the folks listening out there, uh, with Christmas rolling up here um, before you know it, this is a great opportunity to, to visit that link and actually buy that kit, um, not only for yourself, but maybe for uh, somebody else that, that maybe could use a little help with their game. It's a great uh, thing, and for $99, um, you're getting a, a vast wealth of knowledge, plus you're getting a few other perks along with it as well. So I strongly urge uh, the folks to... to uh, uh, heed Cindy's uh, good advice and get out there and purchase that Learn to Hit a Kit um, uh, before um, before Christmas. Um, you know, Cindy, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, we've we've had so many great great guests uh, over the last several years, particularly this last year. We've had uh, a number of them come back on, um, and there's always more great exciting guests to come on board. And we're going to bring you some of those, plus some other interesting things as well coming up in the new year. Anything, uh, Cindy, that you can think of that you want to share that uh, we might have uh, on board for for the new year? You know, um, nothing off the top of my head, but I would encourage our listeners to write to us. Uh, send us an email in the off-season. My email address is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. And and share with us what you'd like to hear. And Ted, you know, share your email address as well, because yep. we're open mm-hmm. and willing to try to get guests on to help you improve any part of your game that you're looking to improve. Yeah, well said. Yeah, we want to. Basically, what we want to do, um, we're going to start having next year. Um, we're going to have some. In addition to some great guests coming on, we're going to have some segments along throughout the year where there's actually going to be um, a more intense discussion about specific topics. Um, but we want to know from you what some of those topics you'd like for, for us to have uh, in discussion. So uh, reach out to, to again, Cindy's uh, email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and then my email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And if you reach out to us through the off-season, this is a great opportunity to reach out to us and share your thoughts about what parts of the game you'd like to work on, and we'll be more than happy to incorporate those into the show next year. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, also the other link that I want to uh, remind everybody is, is good. if you go to blogtalkradio.com and type in uh, women of golf up in the search key or add a forward slash women of golf, that will take you to our main page and scroll down the page just a little bit and in the on-demand section is all of our previously aired shows, including today's show will be there shortly as it compiles. Um, they are all auto-recorded. Of course, we are live, as I mentioned before, uh, Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but uh, afterwards, if you're not able to join us during the live broadcast, visit that link or also go to iTunes.com or Stitcher.com. It's available through those medium platforms as well. And again, under the podcast section, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well if you choose to listen there. Um, but there were a lot of great guests, a lot of great shows, and a lot of great uh, little nuggets, if you will, of information that we hope will help you with your game. But again, we want you to reach out uh, to us in the new year. Uh, and also, don't hesitate to call into the show. I know sometimes people get a little bit nervous about doing it, but if you've got a question or a comment um, that you'd like for us to discuss um, or answer for you, uh, you can call in. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. Again, that's 347-945-5855. We would love to hear from you. 
um, as well as our guests. Um, so, uh, again, tune in next year. We're going to be starting back up. This is our last show of 2017, um, and we'll be starting back up again in February 6th. That's the first uh, Tuesday in February. Um, again, we'll be back on from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we want you to, to listen to the shows again um, as you get a chance through the holidays, give you something to do. And um, we want you to join us again in February with some great new guests and some other exciting uh, things that we're going to be bringing to the show as well in the new year. So we hope you'll come back and join us. But um, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank all of you uh, truly from the bottom of our hearts for faithfully tuning in each and every week um, and joining us here on the Women of Golf Show. We certainly enjoy bringing this information to you. We work very hard to do that, to get some great guests on the show, um, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, we want to continue to grow the show and continue to bring more great information and help grow this game. So we hope that you'll join us. And we want to thank you uh, sincerely for, for being faithful and loyal audience and for helping us grow each and every year. So thank you very much. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts? And then we'll, let, we'll close off. Just want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah to all of our listeners, and we will see you in 2018. Sounds good. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, everybody. God bless. Thank you, Cindy, for all you do. Uh, we appreciate that uh, both on and off the show, and uh, thank you for, for being such a great uh, host on the show and for doing all of the wonderful things. And thank you, Alan, as well, for being a guest uh, with the show and and partnering with, of course, Cindy and, and doing some great things uh, to help elevate this game. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless. And we will see you February 6, 2018, as we bring you the Women of Golf Show. Thank you very much, everybody, and God bless. Bye, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.